0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: It's an to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac attack.
0: McCaffrey, man to beat. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe If you enjoy the show? Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome to the season premiere, season two premiere of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am joined by a brand new co-host. Many of you that follow the Carolina Panthers will know this name very well. Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan joining the Believe in Panthers podcast. What's going on, brother?
1: What's going on, Desmond? I'm excited for this. I can't wait to do this every single week and and talk some Panthers football. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. Um, Week one of the preseason is behind us now. Panthers falling to the Indianapolis Colts. But, you know, Skylar, it's preseason. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the wins, the losses and stuff, that doesn't really matter so much as uh, things that we pulled from the game. So typically what we do in the preseason, we basically do uh, three things that we like or dislike about what we saw um, out there. Now, uh, Skylar, I have to admit, I did not watch this game on television. I actually listened to most of it on the radio uh, for selfish reasons, I wanted to hear Mick Mixon's voice. So I wanted to listen to it through there. And then I heard, <laughs> well, I actually saw some of it uh, of the second half. I, I was spending some time with my father. So we were watching the third quarter on television. Uh, and then I caught up with everything else with highlights and stuff uh, after the fact. But with you being the, the quote unquote newbie to the Believe Podcast Network here, I'm going to let you kind of kick things off with the bang. Uh, follow, follow Scholar on Twitter at Callahan underscore for uh, the latest on Carolina Panthers news, notes, uh, anything you can think of regarding the Panthers, he's going to have you covered over there with Sports Illustrated. So three things we noticed about the, uh, the Panthers loss to the Colts in week one of the preseason. I'll let you uh, set it off.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, <laughs> you probably had a good idea uh, sitting there listening to Mick Mixon because uh, they the, the broadcast, I'm sure a lot of people were complaining about it on Twitter, was not the greatest until about halftime, so you didn't miss <laughs> much.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, to get right into it, you know, I think the, the number one thing that stood out to me um, was was a competition between backups. Now it was the quarterback position between P.J. Walker and Will Greer. Walker got off to a really good start, 4-5 or five on that first drive, had that 60-yard dart to, uh, to Terrace Marshall Jr., showed his athletic ability, kind of be able to move around in the pocket comfortably and throw on the run. And to me, what kind of stood out was that he did much better throwing on the run than he did standing straight up in the pocket. So that's something I think he needs to clean up. He, he has to make better decisions, but he fizzled out as the game went along. And if you go back to his start last year against Detroit, it was kind of the same thing. He started yeah. out really good, had a high completion percentage. Everybody's like, oh man, could could PJ Walker maybe out, you know, out out compete, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and be the starter. And then as the game went along, he made more and more mistakes. So he's got to get better as the defenses adjust to him. Um, and his final drive of the game, he went 0 for five in that two minute drill. And to me, you know, everyone's saying, ah, PJ Walker's the guy is the backup. I'm not so sure that, that, that battle's even won yet because Matt Rule talked about it a lot last year that they really suffered in that two-minute territory at the end of the games and at the end of the first half. So if Walker goes 0 for 5 in that scenario, to me that doesn't say, yep, he's got the number two job. So, you know, Will Greer's got to get more opportunities. I thought he did okay. He, he made some really good throws, uh, just didn't really get a chance to really push the ball down the field. So I'm excited to see what he does in maybe expand an expanded role uh, in the next two weeks. But um, really think that, that quarterback, backup quarterback situation is still up for grabs. Uh, Number two, the youngsters look promising. I love Chuba Hubbard. I've been saying it since the the day he got drafted. He's going to be the backup to McCaffrey. Uh, Really explosive. can do a lot of things. Uh, Similar to McCaffrey, Terrace Marshall Jr. obviously flashed. Um, A couple of uh, other guys that I wasn't expecting was Keith Taylor, um, a corner that I was not really high on. I thought he did okay. He held his own, showed some promise. Um, And Davion Nixon is a guy that I really like. Um, Just a really athletic interior defensive lineman that, I think is going to be able to help the Panthers as soon as this year. And really the last uh, thing for me was obviously the the penalties, you know, 10 penalties, seven in the first half. (laughs) I mean, how there was two sets, Desmond, two sets where they had back-to-back, Fall starts in the and the second one was back to back to back false That's starts. That's the one I heard on the radio. <laughs> yeah. It
0: was the most it was the the most pitiful oh. yet awesome call I've ever heard in my life <laughs> on, on, <laughs> <laughs> on radio. I'm driving down the highway with my dad, and like I'm just kind of hearing it out uh, of the corner, you know, like out of side of my ear. We're having a conversation, and I'm hearing Mick Mixon just being perplexed that <laughs> they can't seem to <laughs> get off. And after the second one. Uh, when they did it again it was almost like everyone in the room knew they were going to do it again right so when they did it the third time and then the refs call where he's like uh offsides everyone but the center and I'm, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> how does that even happen so the, in the the thing though with that i'm gonna stop right here before you go to your number three yeah my whole understanding is that this entire uh training camp has been designed around don't make Mistakes, yes, right? don't the DBO sign. Don't be yourself, don't beat he's, he's making them run over and touch the <laughs> sign. So I'm sitting there fully expecting, and maybe it happened because I've been gone uh this morning. Was anyone cut today? Like, from the <laughs> line? I'm kind of, I was not expecting them to just cut all five of the dudes that are out there. Uh, and the, I think it was like the third quarter when it happened. Cut them all just to prove yeah. a point. It seems like something Matt Rule would have did. No one was cut today uh, from the offensive line, Skylar.
1: <laughs> yeah, not n- not yet, but
0: not yet. I, okay.
1: There's going to be some people trying to stay awake as long as they can because that cut days the first cut day, is tomorrow. So, oh, okay, He's just we go from it we go from yeah. ninety to eighty five. So he may be getting a little extra, yeah, you know, a little, a little extra thinking there about what's going to happen, but. Yeah, I, I mean, up. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the, the 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 seven first half penalties is really what gets me because I, I think that second set of where they had the three false starts where that was crowd noise. They didn't have the the silent counts implemented um, from what rule and Will Greer was saying they they should have done that, um, but they just they didn't expect to to have to use that. So the first the first half I thought was really where the issue stood out. You know, there's just a lot of lazy. Uh, Penalties, just a lot of pre-snap penalties that just aren't meant to be. You know, you just can't, you can't explain. But then again, I I don't really take it as, you know, all this is a huge concern. It's, it's the first preseason game. A lot of these guys are second and third string guys that don't really play with the same set of guys every time they go out there and practice. They're mixing and matching these dudes all over the place. Mm. So the chemistry is not going to be there and everything. And, again, first preseason game, you're going to see some
0: rustiness. I expect them to shake that off here in the next few days. You know, it's funny, too, because I I started seeing a uh, a couple of local sports talk personalities uh, rave about Justin Fields and his uh, performance with the Bears mm-hmm. over the weekend and he did not start Andy Dalton started that game so Justin Fields is out there playing against like second and third string guys uh, or or lower and it just made me kind of like clench my fists because yeah, I'm <laughs> like, you know, like we like people are already like oh did Matt rule make a mistake Did the Panthers make a mistake getting Darnold and stuff I'm like everyone needs to chill out and relax because we don't know like Fields is playing against defenses that aren't even scheming for him, <laughs> you know, Exactly like, against guys he wouldn't even see on the field. Like there, there wasn't uh, you know, first string dudes running around chasing after uh, Justin Fields. It was like him completing uh, passes in the backyard. So w- everyone just pumped the brakes a little bit on the whole. Justin Fields should have been the the pick instead of uh, JC Horn. Horn didn't even play uh, from my understanding. None of the starters played. Um, I think I, I'd heard the Rams were the only team that uh, rested more guys than the Panthers did uh, coming out of this first preseason weekend, and I don't have a problem with it. I really don't have a problem with. It. Actually, it's one of my uh, three things uh, that I took away from this game. Uh, first thing for me that stood out: Terrence, Terrence Marshall is going to take uh, uh, Terrence Marshall is going to take someone's job. Uh, yeah. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that people thought that that was going to happen. I clearly have him in the third wide receiver spot at this moment. Like I, I can't think of another Panther that deserves a third spot. Uh, behind robbie anderson and dj moore Uh, it feels like ever since camp opened his name has just popped up like from random uh beat writers and folks that are reporting on this stuff Uh, i've seen you talk about him i've seen our friend joe person elena Gutzenberg at the charlotte observer they've all mentioned flashes here and there almost like once a day terrence marshall is doing something in in practice uh he's 6'3 180 pounds He knows Joe Brady's offense very, very well. You can tell he's very comfortable in it. I can't wait to see him uh, in this offense. And I feel like the league is sleeping on the Panthers offense in terms of skill set, like what they have at skill positions. You know, like it's crazy to me. I, I just found out Christian McCaffrey got rated like number 46 or something in the NFL top 100. He was number six the year before. Yeah, well, it, that, that well, one doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't understand it. And and it, so I assume he's the only Panther on the list because I can't think of a Panther that would rate higher than McCaffrey. But that alone is kind of almost like, you know, spitting in the face of the Panthers. They almost, the Panthers, their history, they almost have to do something first to get recognition yeah. as opposed to, say, like a a Dallas who gets recognition no matter what they're throwing out there. Um, Terrence Marshall was the first thing that popped up. I For me, number two, uh, I kind of want Taylor Zarzer and Steve Smith to take over the radio broadcast when Mick Mixon retires. Now, I know you said at the beginning of this. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> at the beginning. So clue me in. What was going on in the beginning of the broadcast? Because I, I didn't get a chance to hear it until I think maybe right around halftime or right after they came back out from halftime uh, is when we got home and I turned on the TV and we got to listen to them. We were listening to Mick and, and Jim Zoki and those guys uh, in the car. So what was it about the the broadcast in the beginning that kind of made you cringe a little
1: well so the broadcast itself between zarzer and steve smith i thought they did a phenomenal job i don't think it was necessarily them it was more so the technical issues that they were having with the feed and it it kept and it wasn't just me i thought it because i just moved to a new place i was like man are are we gonna have to deal with this like all season long for road games i can't go to (laughs) and i started seeing everybody on twitter was like complaining about it, tweeting pictures. I'm like, okay, so it's not just me, but it was the feed um, that that kept glitching every five seconds. Couldn't even get a full play. And so they finally got it worked out um, about at the start of the second quarter, midway through. So, yeah, but I I thought uh, Zarzer and Steve Smith did a great job. I'd love to see Steve Smith in there every game.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that he has – well, he never really left, but I I, I do – think that with of course no Dave Gettleman here and to an extent no Ron Rivera here uh, I think it made it easier for Steve to come back home I think he's always known the bo- you know deep down in his heart that the the fan base didn't want him to go and that he always knew he had a home here in Charlotte it was just mending those fences with the Panthers and how he left and I think everyone to would uh, agree that the way Dave Gelman handled that was incorrect like that just wasn't the right way to handle right we're letting a, a Panther legend go and Easily top three Panther of all time, uh, so I am happy he's back in the fold. Um, I, I, I do I, I like how comfortable he is in the booth. Uh, it sounds like he 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 sounds really good. And him and Taylor have a relationship. He was coming on Taylor's show like every Monday, uh, even you know back in the day, like years ago when he was still a Panther. So like they've known each other for a while, and it kind of comes out in the broadcast. So I like that. Uh, we'll have Mick on sometime before the season's over. Uh, I just got to grab him. He's super busy. And then, you know, the number one thing that I thought of when I was I was kind of running around yesterday and doing stuff and listening to this game and watching it at the same time. Why are we even doing preseason? Like yes. <laughs> you know, last season, we proved we don't need it. I, I know it's money driven. I know that, you know, the owners want their money, blah, blah, blah. But the coaches even seem to get it to me, which is different because normally the coaches stay away from those kind of questions. Uh, no, no stars for Carolina on Sunday. He said it like a couple days before the game, the starters weren't going to play. It it just feels like the joint practices that the Panthers and the Colts had the two days leading up to the weekend had more benefit for coach rule and the Panther staff than actually playing the preseason game. Because a lot of people don't seem to realize most of these 50 man, 53 man rosters are already set. Like yeah. Preseason. There's only a few spots. Yeah. preseason's for like the last like four slots, like on the team and that, and those guys are going to probably be running on special teams and, like the third running back and stuff like that. So I ask again, why are we doing preseason at all? Like it, it feels like it's almost a waste of time. Um, no I mean, pre- and you
1: and you look at the how the NFL they went from that 16 game to 17 game, and then they come back and knock off a game in the preseason because th- that's how they sold the 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 pitch to them. It was, oh, you know, we're going to take a preseason game away. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the same amount of games. It really is. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me. I, you know, I would either go two games or less in the preseason. I, I understand those guys want to get their chance, but I agree with you totally. I, I just, I mean, even three is a lot.
0: But yeah, to think I mean, that we were at four at one point was a lot. And really, the, the first game and the fourth game were kind of throwaway games because, yeah. I mean, they weren't going to run the starters out there, maybe a series in game one back in the old model. And then, Game four, no one was playing. Like, literally, no one was playing in those games. (laughs) So now it's almost like the model's been reversed where we just saw most of the league did not play their starters game one. I'm thinking game two will kind of be like the way game three used to be, where the starters will get some run. Usually, the starters would play like the first half, uh, and then you wouldn't see them again in the second the defense might be out there a little bit longer, but for the most part, all the starters are out of there by the time they come back out for the third quarter. And then game four, no one plays literally. Uh, it's almost like just a, a, a blatant money grab <laughs> by the owners. to just, <laughs> just squeeze a little bit more out uh, at regular prices for a preseason game for guys and you, the jerseys that, you know, aren't going to be there, but uh, it feels like that. So it feels like week three of the preseason is going to be like week four of the previous where no one's going to play. Um, uh, Coach Rule has been on record saying that the joint practices he had with the Colts, they learned a lot. They just really needed tape against somebody other than themselves. And I I don't know. I, I know it's never going to go away, but that's my vibe on it, that preseason is utterly worthless and we learn nothing other than uh, it creates talking points for us for six days until, <laughs> until right. the next game. But I could do without preseason at this point uh, because of last year and not having it, and I was just fine.
1: Exactly. And, and, and like you said, I think the joint practices are a little bit more beneficial because they're really getting good one-on-one work and your ones on ones work, I should say. I mean, and actually just, I wouldn't say breaking news, but just in uh, Matt rule, uh, as he's talking at the podium right now, just said that he believes that the Panthers are significantly better after the joint practices with the Colts. So that's only going to probably continue when they have practices this week with the Ravens. So that's, I think those things, they're able to do more than just, you know, because once the game starts, you can only do so much. Right. You know, it's kind of like an actual game setting. But I think the joint practice, you're actually able to get some more work in um, than just be able to go out there and probably a preseason game. But to go back to your – I don't want to get off topic, but go back to your other point about Terrace Marshall. Mm -hmm. So earlier – or last season, the Panthers, remember, had Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore, three receivers – they chose to keep Moore and Anderson and let Samuel walk. I think if Terrace Marshall has a, a good enough season and Robbie Anderson kind of duplicates what he did a year ago or somewhat close to it, I think we could see that same situation happening. Again, Robbie Anderson's got going to be the guy walking because Terrace Marshall's a cheaper option. It gives them more cap space to work around. And Robbie Anderson's probably going to want paid a good a good penny. Yeah. So that's that's going to be an interesting story to watch all season long. Is is Robbie Anderson going to be due for a big payday, and is Terrace Marshall is he going to be able to take over as wide receiver two, if 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 that were to happen, where Anderson goes somewhere
0: else? So it sounds like in that scenario that uh, if the Panthers have to choose, which they will, uh, they'd be more willing to give DJ Moore, yeah, that I, as opposed to Robbie.
1: I I would assume so. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, just the way that. I think DJ Moore, you know, him being drafted here, he seems like a guy that wants to be here long term. I I don't know if I'm not saying that Robbie doesn't, but I just I feel like DJ Moore is probably the guy they want to keep around a little bit longer because he can do a little bit more.
0: I think I I did have a bonus um, one here real quick as we get towards the end of our uh, preseason week one. Season two premiere of uh, the Believe in Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Desmond Johnson and Skylar Callahan here with you. Uh, I, I'm, am I crazy to think that this Panther team can be good? Like I'm sitting here looking not, at it. Not at you know, all. Okay, good because because I'm sitting <laughs> here looking at them, and yeah, they're making mistakes. But again, it's second string, third string guys out there. I'm kind of just looking at the what they're doing, like the philosophies, just like the basic like what the team is and I, the vibe from them. It just feels like they play with a chip on their shoulder a bit. Uh, that can sometimes lead to mistakes like, I don't know, three false start penalties in a row because you're not <laughs> paying attention to the center <laughs> or the quarterback or whatever was going on. But I have to think that if Sam Darnold's back there at, at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey's behind him, you've got Moore and Anderson and probably Marshall out there on the outside. Uh, Tommy Tribble had a touchdown yesterday, uh, at tight end, which we were lacking last year the tight end position. Uh, Dan Arnold, session. Dan Arnold, yeah. I mean, we've got weapons. I know they got questions on the offensive line, was still a little bit, and they've got the preseason to figure that out. But between that, and I'm already expecting we've already talked about this before that the defense is going to be really good, yeah, uh young and good. At, like they've got playmakers at each level of the defense am I crazy to think that this team can win 10 games? Like I feel like they could win 10 games.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's, that's a far fetched thing to say at all. Especially like we've said too, when you look at the schedule, how it sets up, I mean, the first half of the season is very favorable for them. I mean, and I know that the starters aren't going to get a lot of run in these preseason games, but they have a very difficult preseason schedule. I mean, they're not just going out here against, you know, the Jaguars and, you know, a couple other cupcakes. I mean, they're getting three playoff teams, the Colts, Ravens and Steelers all yep. very physical tough football teams and that's what Matt Rule wants to build this team into being is a very physical tough football team they got the, the New York Jets week one that's the tone setter I think for me I, I don't think there's going to be a problem with the result in that game I think they're going to win and, and I think they should win handedly and then it only comes down to you know what are the Saints going to do with their quarterback situation in week two but if they can start out you know, beating the Jets and say somehow knock off the Saints. We don't know how good the Saints are going to be. We expect them to be good, but it comes down to quarterback play. If they can come out two and zero and go to Houston in Week Three, there's a good shot. They're three and zero by the end of September.
0: And so, then, you know how that goes in the NFL. Like, yeah, they can talk. People can talk all they want until it is week four and you are three and zero, and then they have to start expecting you or looking at yeah. you a little bit more. Cause we, we just saw it with the Panthers in 2015, nobody really gave that team respect until they were like eight, and nine and zero, ten 10 and oh. And even then there was yeah. detractors, you know, but they just kept rolling and doing what they were doing. And even at the end of the year, there were still people like us, ah, the worst 15 and one team I've ever seen and <laughs> stuff like that. And <laughs> it's crazy to me when people just don't want to believe a team can be good. And I guess we're used to it here in the Carolinas with, uh, when it comes to the Panthers and the national media, they're not going to get respect until they actually go out and show uh, what they can do. The I'm hoping, I'm, the I'm hoping that uh, rule stuff will be able to <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm hoping rule stuff will be able to really sink in, and they'll be able to uh, start off quick because, as you've mentioned, the back half of their schedule is pretty killer.
1: Yeah, yeah. If they can get six, seven wins, I'd say but going into the month of December, I think they've got a, a pretty good shot of. You know, nine, ten wins, and maybe be on, on the cusp of a playoff spot. So we'll see. But I, I'm really, really excited about this season. I think this is going to be, e- even if they don't make the playoffs or have a winning season, I think this is that that leapfrog year where they take that big step uh, in that rules rebuild. So this is it's going to be a long,
0: uh, exciting year, though. So that's gonna that's gonna do it for us for this week. Here, um, again, you can uh, catch Skyler's work at Sports Illustrated. Uh, go to Twitter, follow him there at Callahan underscore. Um, you can go to tobacco roadsportsradio.com and catch my work over there. You can follow me on Twitter at D E Z underscore three, five, zero five. That's Des underscore three, five, zero five. We'll be back with a new episode of the believe in Panthers podcast next week. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E.